0: Ah, so that's when you met with the Marine Rifle Squad attached to the aircraft wing. The G-Man looks back toward the mirror and nods.
1: It's been a while since I last thought about the Rifle Squad. I look down into my coffee, pressing my lips together as I exhale softly. Shaking my head slightly, I look back up at the G-Man, plastering on a pleasant
0: smile. Our cell began to dig into the history of that Naval Medical Annex, wasn't it?
1: Medicine Annex, actually.
0: Thank you this place is quite a history, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does. I sigh, looking down at the coffee. I take a big bite of the donut and take my time chewing and swallowing, giving myself a moment to consider what to say. A very twisted sort of history, as far as we were able to gather. But it took us a while to untangle all of that, and in the meantime, the murder investigation continued.
0: It got weird, didn't it?
1: You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast.
0: We last left our agents at Air Base Yuma and Marine Air Base Yuma, and they were speaking with Lance Corporal Ortega. Ortega had informed them that Private Ryan, one of the murdered, originally grew up in Massachusetts. And that's where we're going to pick up. So Ortega looks around, and mermaids? What the hell do mermaids have to do with anything?
2: Well, so, maybe not mermaids, but something about water and fish and well, no, mermaids, everything, all the clues we keep finding keep sort of moving that direction.
0: I mean, we're kind of mer people as marines. We go hop on ships, come up amphibious.
2: Oh, no, no, this is the kind like a picture of a chick with a starfish bra on a tail. That kind of mermaid. They've got a club with those at the Renfair. Fair.
3: This is not something that we should really spread around much, but the the murder looks like it's a cult thing. And it's uh, water. With mermaids? Kind of a mermaid cult, yeah. Not mermaids exactly, but some kind of water god. You're shitting me, right?
2: Remember how I said this was going to sound stupid, but it could be important?
0: Uh, alright. So those kids are involved in a mermaid
2: cult? Again, we're still at the beginning and we don't know anything yet. And yeah.
0: We're in the fucking desert.
2: I mean, isn't Baja close for? Yeah,
0: that's not bad. It's only a three hour drive. And
1: also the God connected to this cult is very old, possibly dating from times when this part of the continent might have been underwater. Oh,
0: makes sense. Makes
2: perfect sense.
1: No.
0: As she shakes her head. No,
1: no, it doesn't. But we'll roll with
2: it. I'm going to look back and forth and go. So I failed high school. Fuck, what class would I have even had to fail for that one?
3: They don't teach that in high school.
1: That's more of a I was raised Christian and it was in the Bible.
2: Oh, the Noah thing?
1: A little after that, but yes.
2: Sure, okay. Well, I thought you were talking
3: about when it went really underwater.
2: Wait, it was really underwater? Where do you think all
3: this sand comes from?
2: The fucking desert?
3: The bottom of the ocean. What?
0: The corporal looks at you like... So are you some kind of egghead kind of scientist doctor? Not like a doctor doctor, but like a yes, um, yes, a scientist.
2: Okay. yes
3: I'm not actually a doctor. I've got a master's. Oh, excuse
2: me. Sorry. She kind of just smiles. Well, she isn't actually a professor either, but. I've taught you a thing or two. <laughs>
1: and we're not discussing that. Well, that's quite
3: an accomplishment.
2: I think she was referring to how she used to kick my ass in hand to hand. But yeah, let's go with that.
0: And she just shrugs and puts her hands up and winks. Rowan takes note of that.
3: Are there still any Navy people on this base?
0: Are there Navy folks here? Yes, we do have a few corpsmen. We do have a few folks that are are stationed here. There's uh, folks from all branches of service here. We've got two Space Force guys.
2: (laughs) I just laugh and try to hold it in. I'm just like, oh my God, please tell me they're nerds.
3: Oh God, yeah.
2: Do I even need to ask how you treat them?
0: Pretty goddamn good because they've got a hell of a budget and they like throwing parties. Ah.
3: Don't they throw space balls?
4: <laughs> <laughs> even Quinn laughs at that joke. <laughs> wait,
2: wait, when you beat them up, do you kick them in the space balls?
0: No, I don't beat them up. Those guys actually know. know... Look, they're working on stuff to like land stuff on other planets and they work with that Elon Musk guy. I'm going to let them do whatever they want to. I mean, both of them drive Teslas. Well, good for them. What's the pay rating in that thing? Can I get, can I re-enlist? Go for it. I don't think you'll make it, though, because didn't you fail physics in high school? Nah, no,
2: I don't think I took physics. I failed chemistry.
1: I have a running list of all of the classes he said he failed in high school.
0: <laughs> she smiles. He's still doing that, huh? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Don't let him lie to you. That That guy can figure out wind speed and do math in his head faster than you can think. He just knocks himself down a whole lot. Don't let him hear that, though.
2: Hear what? What?
1: A corner of Rowan's mouth quirks up and she's like, yeah, I've gotten to see him in action.
4: And Quinn, you know, she's been quiet doing her usual observing and she's really torn because part of her is like, okay, we need to get on with this investigation. But the other part of her is just relishing getting to hear all this insider information about rooster. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'll look at Ortega and if there's anything else that that you can think of, and I'll pull up my card and hand it to her, give me a call or, you know, text him.
0: All right, we'll do. Uh, If there's anything that I can do or any of the guys in our squad, um, let me know. Really, let me know. Oh, don't worry. You'll know once we do. Okay.
1: Rowan is definitely pondering that in the back of her mind. Like having Marines come in and assist if if there's a firefight would be really helpful. But also, how much weird do I want to expose them to? So she's weighing that in the back of her head.
0: Okay. She looks at Rooster after that and goes, "Are you going to go see uh, Sergeant Sodi?"
2: It's on the list. You want me to come along? I don't know. It seems like it might be more fun to, uh, let you not have that much glee.
1: If you can keep him from sticking his foot in his mouth, then it N- might nobody be Nobody can! Accurate, however.
0: <laughs> no, I kind of want to see him stick his foot in his mouth, and her put his foot in his
2: mouth. As I'm sure you recall, I can't. I don't bend that way.
0: So do you- she might—what? I actually have shit to do. I mm-hmm. wish I could. Mm-hmm. But she's mm-hmm. o- she's over in supply, building Baker. All right. Good to see you. We'll keep in touch. All right. Take it easy. Be safe. Hoorah. Hoorah. And she escorts you to the door.
1: Pleasure to meet you.
0: Nice meeting you as well. If you guys are going to be around for a bit, we are going to have a little bit of a get together at one of the bars down the way over at Sunny's. Sunny's, huh? Yeah.
1: Let us know when. We might be interested.
0: Okay. We're probably going to do it Friday. Friday afternoon, if you guys are still going to be around.
1: I have a strong suspicion we'll still be around.
0: Yeah, because most of us are off on Saturday. So and it gives us a chance to uh... get blitzed. Yeah.
1: Cheers.
2: Nah, that's for Friday.
1: I am currently worshipping at the Hydra gods. <laughs> and then sort of wince a little bit, remembering the word Hydra yeah. from the mural. And just like, poor
4: choice of words. Moving on. Quinn raises her eyebrows at that. <laughs> Speaking the same exact thing.
2: I just look at her and go, uh, what?
4: Hail hydrate.
2: Oh, water. Yeah. You know, fish pee in that stuff.
1: It's been distilled and filtered enough that I don't give a shit anymore.
2: Might as well drink the energy drink. It's got uh, enough yeah. shit to kill anything else in there. Or whiskey. That works.
1: Look, I like not having my heart coming out of my ears as it's beating. The coffee does enough for me.
2: All
0: right. So you guys make the trek. Since this place isn't that large, it'd probably be a good idea to walk, because you guys have a pretty decent parking spot for visitors anyway. About three-quarters of the way there, you regret that decision. You would have liked to have found a closer place, because the air conditioning on the outside does not work.
4: What on the way, Quinn will say, well, I'm sure this goes without saying, but uh, Innsmouth, was that thing about coincidences or quinky dinks?
2: <laughs> quinky dinks and
1: shit yeah i'm starting to lean a little bit more towards the universe is rarely so lazy there's something going on here obviously but that at least helps explain possibly why this kid Mm
4: -hmm.
1: why why this young man and his family so especially since the child wasn't down the child wasn't downstairs that's what i keep coming back to is that everyone else was brought to that place but the child was upstairs in her room
2: And that's the room that had the mermaids.
1: The sea motif, yes. That's what I keep coming back to, that there's something about that family. There's something, I don't know, maybe there was something about the child of Private Ryan. I don't know. I'm thinking with my mouth open at the moment.
2: Oh, it's okay. I do it all the time.
1: (laughs) The trick is not opening your mouth so wide that your brain falls out.
3: But it was Private Ryan that was from Innsmouth, not the family.
1: Right, but that's his daughter,
2: and if they were there. And
1: if you're going to make a sacrifice, make it epic.
3: You don't suppose they had any kind of connection, to Ian Smith.
1: That would be very interesting to track down.
0: I wonder how he met them. You arrive at a warehouse and you see that the door is wide open. There is air blowing out and you see uh, people moving things inside. Uh, You know, a large military deuce and a half truck is being loaded up with materials and, you know, Marines are kind of working along there. One of them looks over at you and he he starts walking forward. You see that he has uh, the private Chevron on his arm. His name is Hopper. You can see it on, on the tag. Can I help you folks?
2: Looking for Sergeant
0: Sody. Sergeant Sodi's in the back. Uh, you folks supposed to be here?
1: Yes. And I'll pull up my badge and flash the FBI. We're with a FBI task force. We would like to speak with her. Oh, sure. Much
0: obliged. You can tell that he cut off that sure was going to be a different word. He heads back. He's like, come, come on back. She's kind of busy.
2: Ooh.
0: He takes you back uh, into the area and uh, he points out. You can see the Sergeant Chevron's on her on her shoulder. She's about six foot tall, muscular Indian woman, telling people, move things here and there, and she's looking at a list, but she's also got a large briefcase, large metal briefcase, that looks like it's a SAM missile component, and she's just holding it with one arm.
2: And we know she's the quartermaster, right? Yes. The private
0: says, hey, uh, Sarge Sodi, these folks are here to see you. They're FBI. She looks over.
2: I'm just going to look at him and just glare in the way that a sergeant can glare. He recognizes and looks and goes, "Hmm,
0: all right, I should be getting back to work now.
2: You have somewhere to be, right? Yep. And
0: uh, he heads off and starts humping stuff onto the truck. She walks over with a deliberate gait, and she sizes up the four of you. Her gaze settles on Rooster. She looks at his pants, she looks at his shoes, just nods at him, so FBI, huh? I'm going to flash an
3: index card with a green
0: triangle on it. She looks at you, and then she turns, and then with two fingers, she motions for you to follow. She walks into an office, and she stands by a desk, and she motions for everybody to come in and sit down. Who's the last one in? Me. No, I am, because
3: i am, 'cause I'm got crutches.
1: Yeah, I'll be the first one in and, t- and take a seat where she
0: indicated. She notices you're on crutches, and, and she waits for you to, to get in, then she closes the door behind you, and then sits down. I'm standing. She puts her hands at the table and kind of crosses her hands in front of her. So what's going on?
1: That is what we are trying to figure out. We were told that you are a friendly?
0: Yeah, I guess that's what I'm being called. What would we call you otherwise? Uh, She kind of, she blows a raspberry. I'm not sure, but I ran into something in Syria and uh, it wasn't right. And um, we ran into I ran into it again in Beirut and still wasn't right. A couple people came and told me about it. And uh, I got debriefed by an FBI agent that had a similar card and uh, said that you guys might be back. (laughs) They let you stay in.
1: With that many encounters, I'm surprised you weren't recruited.
0: Oh, there's a recruitment drive. Sign me not the fuck up.
1: I can't say it. I blame you.
0: Just count yourself lucky after that if they let you stay in the corps. So you'd be surprised that they, when they don't want to get rid of one of the only Sikh female in the Marine Corps. Hmm. Yeah. Fair. That's right. Yeah, there was something in the the gas that was being used by the adversary.
2: OIR. Hmm. I'm looking to look around. Did anybody, any of the others, have any idea what that meant? Probably not. Okay.
0: Well. To
1: the topic of what actually brings us here, what do you know about the situation out at the Abril House with Private Ryan?
0: He was murdered, and it seems as though that somebody mentioned it was a cartel thing. I don't think it was a cartel thing. I think it was a bunch of religious nuts, but it's not like we don't have enough of them around here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which kind of religious nuts? Take your pick. It's the desert. You know, you've got
3: a desert death cult. You ever hear about any kind of religious nuts that seem uh, kind of out of place in a desert?
1: Say, for example, an ocean cult?
3: She shakes her head.
0: That's not the strangest thing I've heard, but uh, not something that I would peg on them. I could ask around. I know some people locally.
1: Anyone who might be connected to the medical annex.
0: Ooh. There's a story there. So... Have you guys asked about the medical annex? It's closed, you know? Asked? No. Asked who? Which kind of shifts a little bit. The medical annex was closed down a long time ago. It was not a TB clinic, and that's kind of where I lost, where the classified stuff kind of locked me out.
1: Can you point us in the direction of where the classified trail would begin for those who might have access?
0: Alpha, Beta, Charlie? Delta. Not Delta. Not Delta? That's too low down the totem pole. Alpha Bravo, Charlie.
1: I do have some phone numbers.
0: Yeah, you might not get a whole lot out of them, but apparently it had to deal with the colossal fuck-up.
1: What do you know about the colossal (laughs) fuck-up?
0: So much that they packed up shop and left, and they left a government building open for a long time and
2: moved everything out. Any clue what kind of fuck-up? Nope.
1: Any idea what those tanks in the basement are for? Were for?
0: I've never been in there. What And what kind of tanks are we talking about? Are we talking about tanks with treads and guns?
1: No. More like aquarium tanks. Big fuckers.
0: Not the fun kind.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Hmm.
0: I wonder if they were trying to farm shrimp there. Wait, what?
1: Why would you farm shrimp in the desert?
0: Because they're easily farmed. They deal well with sunlight, and they get fed well. Wait, it's, wait, wait. I thought farms were like cows and corn. No, there's fish farms, too. What?
1: Farming refers to any raising of animal or food, including fish and shrimp and similar.
3: Is there a particular raising that you thought of shrimp farms? You you brought up shrimp farms kind of out of the blue there.
0: It's kind of the new thing here in, in Arizona.
2: Wait, so these things are around?
0: Yeah, there's a couple. There's one in Gila Bend east of here. There's actually two or three of them, but I think they all sell underneath the first one. But I'm sorry, I don't think they're aquariums. I think they're ponds, but I digress. That was just a whatever. Were they farming
3: shrimp back in 1947? I don't think so.
0: I'm sorry. I was... It, no, I, it's, I didn't mean to throw you off. It just I, just something I found funny.
1: Shrimp farm is a very interesting
2: phrase. Let's leave it at that.
3: Okay. Yeah, but nothing to do with what we're looking into, right? Other than, you know, shrimp living oh. in the ocean.
2: Well, next time we go get a burrito, I'm not going to feel so worried about getting the shrimp. Good call. Yeah, no, it's probably from one of those nearby, but
0: I hear it's good stuff. I don't. I'm vegetarian. Right. Fair enough. But tanks, and you're sure that they're like aquarium tanks, not like fuel tanks or anything like that?
1: No, they were definitely aquarium with very thick glass. Broken now, but I like hold up my fingers gesturing how wide the tank glass was.
0: She nods. Okay. That's some pretty thick glass. And shattered all over the place. Okay, so not a low caliber bullet that would take it out?
2: The way it was shattered, did it look like tempered glass, like a, a car windshield? window or a windshield would crumble, or did this look like something that shattered like a window pane?
0: Shattered like a window pane. This was not tempered Pepper. glass.
2: No, this was. I don't know if something that thick, I don't know if I, even a high caliber would break the whole thing up like that.
0: Not sure what else. I mean, that's. Yeah. Do you guys need
2: anything while you're in town? I'm going to kind of look back around. We're in her office at this point? Yes. I'm going to look down to where it says quartermaster and say, not at the moment, but uh, say we need some proprietary equipment for dealing with things. Can we come to you?
0: And she goes, yeah. She reaches into her drawer. She opens up the drawer and uh, hands you a business card.
1: I'll, I'll trade her. I'll put hers into the little... I have a little card sheath that I use for carrying around business cards for particular task forces. Okay. And then I'll pull out mine and hand it to her.
0: All right, she looks at it. No shit, you actually are FBI.
1: I try not to lie about things like that.
2: Why do you think I was letting her do most of the talking? She looks at you. So, where are you from? Originally, California. No, you're not FBI. It's a task force. Not everyone's FBI. Let's just say, uh, I saw a bit of OIR, too. CIA? (laughs) No. No. With these creases? Gonna look down at my pants.
0: Nope, didn't think so. Good job.
3: You can just call him Gunny. She
0: looks over. Gunny? Alright. Yeah, your house didn't want to show you up. Fair. I appreciate that. But you're not now.
2: (sighs) Medical discharge. Understandable. You okay? Eh. Let's just say it was the easiest way to get rid of me. Easiest way to wrap everything up. I, uh, shit I saw was Afghanistan.
0: Uh, Red Bull Monster, bang. Yes. She reaches back and hands you a bang. Ha!
2: Been a while from this one. Just sort of... Uh, do the little shutter thing.
0: It's cold. It's oh, real
2: cold. Shit, does that take me back. Can't get these in California. Thank you. Are you going to need to stay up? You need goes, you need no-goes. I got that. I
0: got that taken care of, um,
2: but without official creds, it's a little hard harder with firepower. Were you a creeper? Yeah.
0: Do you have something to, to chill out? Basically, she's asking you if you want diazepam, the slowdown.
2: I'm gonna think about that, look at the bang, and go, yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm a huge fan, but I'm also not gonna say- here's a question. Where can I stow things we've got?
0: Are we talking the stuff that puts holes in things? Yeah, something like that. Do you need it here on base? Do you need it off base? Off base? Should I just
2: get a rental unit somewhere?
0: She takes out a business card and writes down an address.
2: What am I looking for?
0: A storage shed in the backyard, and she slides over a master lock with a key. It won't hold up to a 45, but if somebody's got a 45, they're going to find out whatever you want to hide anyway. Appreciate this. That's why I'm here. It's not far from the eastern edge of town, so not far from your current operation.
2: No, seriously. I'm gonna look at her, like, steadily. You saw some shit out there before you saw that shit. Thank you for this.
0: You're welcome. Hoorah, we take care of ourselves. Even if you don't wear the dress blues and your left shoe is kind of scuffed.
2: Oh, the, the sand out there. Fuck. I'm dealing with a
0: fucking No excuses, iron. Marine. She smirks a little bit. Semper Fi. I've got a load of crew that's that's going on an exercise, so did you folks need anything else right now? Look a Rowan.
1: That's everything that I can think of at the moment, but I will call on you if necessary.
0: If you
3: hear anything funny going on in Mustang, let us know.
0: Mustang. Oh, yeah. That's that little shithole of a town over there. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of our interests seem to be arrowing in on that little shithole of a town.
0: So, word of advice, don't go much further than that and follow the advice on the signs. The bombing range is active. We don't plan on dropping anything soon, but there might be unexploded ordnance out there. And Yodaville is out there too. I do know that they're going to be mobilizing a couple fire teams out there and, and doing playing some games down there, but not worthwhile to go snooping around there.
2: I'm going to let out a low
0: whistle at that one.
1: For the non-military person, what was that second thing? Yodaville. Yes, that.
0: Yodaville is a small fake town that is built outside of Yuma that's utilized for close quarter battle training, like city building to building training. It's a mock-up of a town.
1: Oh, I have a bad feeling.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) We will do our best to avoid it. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am.
0: You're welcome. She walks up. She opens up the door. Without making a motion, she motions for you to leave.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's fair. I will not delay in leading us back out.
0: River, you notice that she does keep an eye on you and walks up a step, half step back on your bad side, almost as though that she's there to support you if you fall.
2: As soon as we're out of the same room as her, I'm going to immediately start, like, rubbing my shoe up against my other pant leg. And then I'm going to look over kind of at all three and go, I like her.
4: I do as well.
2: No. Not, li- yeah, sure, okay.
4: And Quinn will just pat him on the back. It's okay to like things.
2: Actually, a little kind of open mouthed. Go. What? I, I I look around for help at the other two.
1: Come up on on Rish's other side and pat his shoulder and be like, let's 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 get out into the into the shithole so we can get to the air
0: conditioning. Yeah. You step out of out of the large bay door and it's hot. That reminder is there. It's a little bit past noon, and the sun is not the hottest part of the day yet, but you know it's there.
1: I'm going to check my phone to see if I've gotten a call from Detective Reardon.
0: So serendipitously, you get a text message right as soon as you pick up your phone. We got one.
1: I'll text back. Wait for us. Rooster, we need to get down to Yuma PD expeditiously. Pedal to the metal, friend. Let's go.
2: Am I obeying speed laws?
1: Just a little over. They apparently have one. Hmm. I don't know if that means that they found the information that we did or if they actually have someone in custody. I suspect in custody.
2: I'm going to hit the radio. Immigrant song comes on.
1: Just don't speed on the base. I do not want to have to deal with that.
2: No,
0: ma'am. You check out at the gate and uh, make really good time to uh, Yuma PD. You arrive at the police department, you park in Visitor, and, you know, you make it to the luxurious decadence of the front door where the air conditioning kind of blasts you in the face. And any sweat that you've accumulated is then blown dry off of you from the change in temperature, almost to a point of chill. You're not sure that you've gotten used to or will ever get used to the temperature changes. You get inside and the desk sergeant is there and looks up, Agent Redacted. Yes. Yes. Hold on, hold on just one moment, okay? All right. He uh, grabs a phone, makes a quick phone call. Even as he's calling, Reardon is walking. Don't worry, I don't worry, I got him. I got her. He puts the phone down. She looks at the four of you. So, we picked up this fellow, young guy, and uh, come with me.
1: What is my read on Reardon at this point? Is she excited? Is she upset?
0: Give me a U-Mint roll. Actually, everybody can give me a U-Mint roll. Oh, good, I get to check something off.
4: 35 success. Okay. 15. Yes. Finally a success. Holy shit. Did you make it? Yes. <laughs> uh, wait,
2: wait. Oh, wait. So if it were, yeah, if it were Call of Cthulhu, it would have been a critical success. I got a two out of 12. Nice.
0: <laughs> it's a shame you didn't get a 13 to put a check in there. All right, anyway. I already
2: have a check because I tried.
0: Okay. I failed. You failed. You
2: can put a check mark in there.
0: She has a sense of excitement going on here. It's not a happy excitement, but she got a hit.
1: I'm very familiar with this particular excitement where that adrenaline kicks up because of a lead paid off.
0: So, here comes the problem. He confessed before he got his rights read to him and before he requested to speak to an attorney. He has not requested to speak to an attorney. He is 18. He has been read his rights. He's currently in a questioning room.
1: All right. Would you like me to obtain the same information now that he has been legally read his rights.
0: I think it would be a good idea. Did you... She looks at Quinn. This is your realm, right?
4: Well, I don't know much about who you've taken into custody, but if they truly are involved with some type of cult, yes.
0: Do you both want to do it?
4: I think that would be a good idea. What led you to this person?
0: We had picked him up on a basic misdemeanor charge, and while he was in the back, he confessed to being an accessory while he was in the back of the cruiser.
1: What is this person's name?
0: Eric Allen Raven.
2: Real quick, for those of us who don't watch Law & Order, can you please explain to me what all, the, the, all of that meant about, he said he did it, right? He said he was there. So, why isn't that it?
1: Because if you haven't had your rights read to you, then it could be seen as a form of coercion and it may not stand up in court.
3: And when dealing with minors, it gets even more messy. But he's not a minor. He's
1: 18. He's not a minor. All right. And I'll I'll look over at Quinn. Dr. Redacted, shall we?
0: Let's go. She opens the door. Inside, there's a police officer just talking to him. The... I'm going to call him a kid, but he's 18 years old. The young man is handcuffed. His hands are handcuffed to the table as well. You know, he's, he's seated in the chair and the guys asked him, you know, do you need any water or anything like that? He looks over to you guys, just kind of nods and walks out, leaving you in there. Are River and Rooster somewhere where we can watch this? Yes, you're taken to the room behind the mirror.
3: I will ask if I can see the file they've got on him.
0: It's actually on the table right there. The kid has a bunch of priors, um, minor things. The most, the the worst thing is, is he stole a car as a juvenile, took it for a joyride. But when he turned 18, it was expunged from the record. It wasn't really expunged from the record. It just can't be used against him. It's still there. It's still part of it. He is from Mustang.
3: Yeah, I'm going to note down his address and any known associates they have listed.
2: Okay. I'm going to kind of look around the room, kind of take it all in and go, I always wanted to see this side of the thing.
1: So I will walk over and sit across the interrogation room from the young man. Is there another chair that Quinn can sit in? Yes. All right. So gesture her over over to, to the seat and then fold my hands in front of me. Eric Allen Raven is your name, correct? Yeah. I'm Special Agent Redacted, and I hear you have an interesting story for me.
0: Special Agent? Like What are you, like FBI or some shit?
1: Reach in my pocket, pull up my badge, slide it across. Some shit indeed.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so you want to know about about the ho- about, about the house, about the murders?
1: I do. What can you tell me about that?
0: So, puts his head down. Do you know what it's like when someone tells you to do something and you may not want to do it, but you do it anyway?
1: Yes, I do. I don't think
0: you do. I mean, okay, uh, I, I wasn't inside. I was outside. I, 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 I kept watch. I was, I was at the corner of the, the corner of the fence. I sat up on the fence uh, and, and they went inside and, and I heard things. I heard, I heard the screams. And then the screams went away, and I was told it was going to be all right. This is what we were supposed to do.
1: When you say the screams went away, do you mean that they stopped?
0: I don't know. They 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 just went away. They went away. Mm-hmm. Like no more. They were gone. And I was told it was going to be okay, and this is what it's supposed to do. This was part of the plan. It was the start. The start of what? He looks at you and his eyes well up a bit with tears. You wouldn't you wouldn't under, under, understand. I was it's going to happen.
1: I might understand better than you think I do.
0: He's going to come back. Who is? He, he kind of, his eyes race back and forth, not looking at either of you, just kind of like scanning everything. He's like, he's gonna come back. And we started it. And those are gonna pay. Those that Albert said are gonna pay are gonna pay.
1: Albert, do you mean Albert Marsh?
0: You see, he starts to get a bit agitated and hard. <sighs> um, yeah.
1: Eric, take a deep breath. We're here to help. You, 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 I probably understand better than you think I do. What did you
0: start? He wants to bring Father back, and Father's on his way. It's going to be finished. It started, it can't be stopped, it can't be stopped, it can't be stopped. His eyes get very cold, and he looks right at Quinn. Kanika and Samia are too far away. They're of no use to me.
4: She's taken aback by that. And she tries her hardest to regain her composure and not let anything else slip across her face. Eric, how do you feel about what you did now?
0: Eric feels fine.
1: I'm watching this guy intently just like, no, this isn't right. Who
4: are you?
0: I am Eric. And Eric is bringing about the beginning. We can't use you. But we know. I know. Your hair's growing back nice, isn't it? It's a shame Kanikas will not.
4: You seem very happy to share what you've done. Would you like to share the names of your associates?
0: Death, famine, and plague.
4: How poetic.
0: Some of us read the good book...
1: Does that make you war, then?
0: At one time.
1: Who are you?
0: And then his eyes kind of close, and his and his body language just kind of relaxes. And his eyes, they start to well up with tears. He's gonna come back. You just don't get it. He's He, he knows everything. He,
1: Eric, who was that? He
0: told me that I needed to go get... I, I. He told me to go steal that car and to stop it. I mean, there were... I didn't want to. I didn't want to, but…
1: But you felt compelled? As if something had taken over your body?
0: Yeah. I can't… I don't know. I just don't get it. I get it. I know. I Take that back. I get it. I get it. I truly understand. End times are near. They're coming. It's going to end. It's just like everybody… Like he says.
1: Who are the others? I don't want to
0: go back to that theater, that thing that's inside. No. I'm not ready. I can't do it. I don't want to go back. Don't make me go back.
1: You don't have to. What theater? What theater? What theater were you referencing when you said you did not want to go back to that
0: theater? His eyes go cold and he stares ahead. He doesn't have the same same rigidness as he had before. I confess I stole the car and I was there at the murders. I watched the three of them go in, I watched them come out, and we rode. Back to town.
1: Who were the other three? What are their names?
0: Snitches get stitches, right?
1: Possibly. But if you're able to help us out, it might get a little bit easier for you. And I'm still just watching him intently.
0: Rodrigo callous. And then his eyes shut and his head droops. Eric? And then his head collapses to the desk with a thud.
4: Shit. Quinn will immediately kind of get up and go to the door and yell for some medical help.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go over and immediately like, put my fingers against the carotid artery.
4: He
0: has a pulse. His breathing is slow. You shake him a bit, just out of out of instinct, and he is limp as a fish.
1: Interesting terminology,
0: friend. I'm your keeper, not your friend.
1: You're my handler, not my keeper. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna crouch next to Eric and like keep eyes on him
0: to make sure that he's still breathing while Quinn gets help. The cops rush in. You guys that are outside see this, and it's disturbing as fuck. I want everybody, now that it's kind
4: of calmed down, to make a sanity roll. There
2: it is. Yay. Okay. 58, success. 29, success. Zero
4: okay.
1: 06.
3: 83.
0: All right, Seth. Quinn does suffer one point of sanity loss because of what happened. Seth, roll 1d4 for me. Oh will try... One. One, you also suffer one. The rest of you, you guys are good. It was creepy and a little unsettling. A lot unsettling. The cops come in and, and, you know, they check him out. They pick him up and uh, they undo him from the table. Take him outside. They take him into a a holding cell. And uh, Reardon comes by and goes, that was some of the weirdest shit I've seen. Yeah, it's in the top 10 for me. She kind of nods at that being like, wow, that freaked out the
4: FBI agent. When you spoke to him before, did he give you any names?
0: No. I did a bit of a debrief on him, and then I got in touch with you guys. Because I figured it would not be a bad idea. Look, I'm I'm used to asking people about a lot of questions. This is weird. And the other folks that get to see it, another thing. I also watched the entire thing, so I knew you guys didn't fuck around.
1: Did he, you watched the entire thing, did he have that personality shift prior when you spoke to him?
0: Nope. That was completely new.
1: Okay. Um, Rodrigo Callas, is that a name that your department is familiar with, or is that something that we can look up through you?
0: I've got somebody looking into it right now already. Appreciate it.
3: Could you look up the name Albert Marsh also? We came across his name in a really old newspaper story. Uh, seems like he uh, escaped from the uh, medical annex here. Escape from the medical annex? You mean the Navy medical annex? Yeah.
0: Uh, that place is- that's for meth heads and hobos.
1: And has been since about, ooh, the late 40s.
2: Yeah.
0: All right.
1: While we're looking up names, can you also look up a Peter Delgado?
2: Who-
0: what's Peter Delgado's tie?
1: He's a former employee of the Navy Medical Annex.
0: Okay. Give me a moment. You guys want coffee? Always. Love some. She takes you into the cafeteria. There's a a vending machine. If you want anything out of the vending machine, just punch in the number and then elbow it. She uh, walks out.
2: I immediately go punch in the number for tall, dark, and caffeinated. Look at it, look around, and knee it. Okay. It works. A cup spits out and pours
0: out some coffee. Taste it. It could pass for coffee.
2: The kind you use to clean engine parts. Perfect.
0: It's definitely a degreaser quality.
2: Oh, excellent.
1: I think I might need it after that. I'll come join him and get some of that. And my hands are shaking just a little bit, just enough that only someone standing next to me might notice.
2: I was going to ask, do I notice this?
1: You're the only one standing next to me, so possibly.
2: Yes, I do. I'm just going to note it.
1: Punch in the number, elbow it.
0: Like on clockwork is, though that's the proper command, it spits out a coffee.
1: And just let out a slow breath as I watch it fill up.
2: Quietly, under my breath a little bit, just gonna take glasses.
1: He mentioned father, and that was the one person who wasn't captured in the cult. And I don't know if it's the same, but I'm a little freaked out, keeping my voice very quiet so only Rooster can hear me.
2: You need a quiet room, a shoulder, or something to punch?
1: I'm sure our shrink would suggest the quiet room, I really want something to punch.
2: I'm going to sort of nonchalantly take off my blazer and put it on a chair and then walk back next to her.
1: Look up at him.
2: And I'm just going to sort of, without moving much, I'm just going to flex my arm.
1: I recognize that for what it is. My training partners do that sometimes. And I'm just, without shifting much, just turn and just hit his arm as hard as I physically can. Okay. And I mean, she's she's trained in martial arts. So, I mean, she's thrown her entire body mechanics into it. For a
0: semi-small, she hits pretty hard.
2: Oh, I mean, I expected it, but so I had one foot back, bracing a bit. And then I'm going to look at her again and go, help any?
4: More than I thought it would, actually. Thank you. During this, Quinn had actually taken out our phone and she texted her sister just, how you guys doing? You guys doing okay?
0: Your sister responds back, today's a bit of a rough day, but it's gone. The sun's shining. There's a nice breeze. And I've got a hot toddy with more toddy than hot.
4: And she'll text back, maybe we can catch up tonight, question mark. Sounds good. And right when she got that response is maybe when she heard the smack on the arm and she snaps up her head, sees Rowan, and probably understands.
1: Rowan has both of her fists clenched and is breathing hard and just like looks up at Rooster and nods a little bit. I'm really trying to not let this bother me, but it's really fucking
0: hard. Detective Verdon walks in and she's got a notepad.
1: And just like uh, a switch flipping, Rowan is back to professional.
0: All right. Rodrigo Callas is a teenager from Mustang. Uh, he has a, a slight juvenile record, a couple fights, but that's it. Used to play on the hockey team for the felons and doesn't now.
2: Rooster Snickers a little bit at the word felons. Got his
0: address. He's emancipated.
1: If you could pass that along to us, that would be wonderful. Chains
0: it over. Albert Marsh. I don't have anybody currently listed in Yuma or the surroundings by the name of Albert Marsh. I don't, don't have anything. So if it's your guy that ran away from wherever, he's not here anymore or not under that name. And Delgado, Delgado does live here. Delgado is in a retirement home. She gives you the address for the retirement home.
3: Are there any movie theaters in Mustang? Maybe a closed one even?
0: Yeah, there was a closed one. It's been closed for a few years.
1: Can we get the address on
0: that? You can probably type it into Google.
1: Oh, last question. I meant to call you and ask if you got anything off that nanny cam.
0: She's like, yes, we sadly we saw that there is evidence of the murder. Um, We don't have a good image of the of the murder. Uh, younger, slight female, uh, naked, had what appeared to be a, a knife. It was a grisly scene.
1: I'm sure it was. Were you able to... Damn. Is there any, any, even a blurry picture of of the woman? Rowan says as if she hasn't already gotten all this information, but she doesn't want to let Yuma PD know that she went behind their back.
0: She's like, yeah, we were able to do that. Um, I'll see about getting that picture printed out for you.
3: Any tattoos or distinguishing marks?
0: It went by so fast. I mean, um, looks like there is, there was something on on the back right shoulder, but I couldn't make it out.
3: You checked this
2: Raven kid for tattoos. We didn't get a chance, but that'd be a good idea.
1: That might be a very good idea.
2: I know where he's at if you want me to go look.
1: There's a lawful process to do things in that, and what you would do is not. Just gonna...
0: Fine.
2: Nope. Fine. Never let me have any fun. Movie
0: theaters on 6th Avenue in Mustang.
1: Alright. Well, if there are any further developments with the Raven Kid, let us know. Okay. I think we're going to head out to Mustang and try to track down any associates of his.
0: Alright, that might be rough. Mustang's a bit of a rough town. Hmm, that's what I'm here for.
3: As long as we don't get in a fluke chase.
2: She looks at you. You doing okay? Yeah, I'll survive. He fell down some stairs. What? I actually told the truth.
4: You neglected to say the stairs also fell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's, he's occasionally tactful.
2: Rooster's not subtle, but once in a while he knows, or locks on to what not to say.
1: That's fair. All right, I think we're going to head out Mustang
4: Way.
3: I'd really like to talk to Delgado before we go to Mustang.
4: Quinn, she is interested in trying to track down a yearbook to try to get some names on these kids as well. She's hoping, I don't know, you know how like smaller towns, like even the local library would collect yearbooks? I don't know if she has a sense of Yuma's like that or if she's going to have to go to the high school. Probably go to the high school. School would be out for the year, right? Yeah, school is finishing up. Undergrads
0: have kind of sent, have gone home. Seniors are making up their final days.
4: So she's interested in that. I don't know the order. Do you guys want to split up? Yeah, I don't know if it makes sense to split up. Are we splitting the party?
1: It might. Ugh, it might make sense so that we can talk to Delgado and get information from the high school. Hey, we lasted longer this time than, than the last arc before splitting up. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So who is going to the high school? Quinn is. Quinn, and anybody else?
2: I'm going to look at Rowan and say... So, you think any of the high school teachers are young? Hot, maybe?
1: Keep it in your pants in the high school. Or come with me.
2: What? Do you have any idea how many of the teachers in Tulare were barely out of college? It was
4: awesome. At this point, Quinn is really not enthused about the idea of going with Rooster given his comment about the teachers. I think I'll be perfectly safe at a school during the day. Doesn't matter.
2: We need to have at least one capable person in case something goes wrong, no matter where we are. River wants to go talk to Delgado. I'd really like to talk to Delgado.
1: (sighs) As do I, but I am-
2: uh Look, it- Okay, it worked last time, all right? I- Find a cute one, charm her with my bad boy personality. I mean, come on, she's already working with criminals. And I, you know, take her out to lunch, keep her busy, maybe get busy. Who knows where it goes?
4: Quinn is still shaken from the interview and really doesn't have the patience for Rooster right now. I know you have this macho persona you have to put on to cope with whatever it is you need to cope with. But we're here to investigate, not get you a date. A family was murdered. A child was murdered. And it sounds like children may be the ones responsible, under the influence of God knows who. So if you have nothing to contribute at the high school besides some pathetic pickup lines, keep your fucking mouth shut. And Quinn just marches off to the car.
2: I'm just gonna look at the other two and go, What? What? I was, the consenting adults? Uh, distractions? I, I, okay, okay, fine. I'm leaving.
1: All right. Are they Ubering over? I don't know. Are they taking the car? They
2: took the car. Mm-hmm. Cool. We're Ubering
1: over to the, the retirement place. This ought to be fun.
0: Okay. All right. So we're going to do the library first. You arrive at Yuma High School. And it is a fairly modern-looking building, two stories high, and it is the home of the criminals, not the felons. Wait, what? We've been calling them felons
1: this whole time, and they're not?
0: They're not felons, they're just criminals. So they're alleged?
2: I I don't even know. I I can't even.
0: Like I said, it's a pretty good-sized building for the criminals. There's a a buzzer system to get in, like a, a tag system and uh, there's a, a security guard there. He's a police officer. Watches you. you You two approach the, the main entrance. What can I do for you?
4: Ultimately, we're trying to make it to your school library, sent over by PD to do some research, but we don't mind checking in at the main office.
0: Are you parents?
2: Looks at the two of you. I'm not saying anything. I didn't think you would. Because for all of Rooster's failings, he knows when he hits a nerve and how not to push.
4: Have you been working here long? Been here for a while, yeah. You knew Sierra? Ah, Sierra Abril. yeah. We're helping with the investigation.
0: Do you have any ID? We log everybody that comes in. I mean, she'll pull out what she
4: has. Mm Mm-hmm. All
0: right. And uh, you
4: said you wanted to go to the library? We're really trying to track down yearbooks from the past two, three years. Library. Did they catch who, who did that? We're trying to help with that as well.
0: It's a shame. It's a damn shame. She was a good kid. And uh, he walks you into the building. You guys have to sign in. They take your ID. They photocopy it. They give you a visitor's pass. Rooster, you have to go through a metal detector.
2: I'm going to say I'm carrying. You need to store it. Can you put it in your vehicle? Look, Quinn, you gonna wait for me?
4: Yes. I'll run out to the car. And in her head, she thinks because he needs a chaperone. But she resists saying that out loud.
0: Rooster comes back in after he stows the stows the firearm in the vehicle. Um, you go through the the metal detector, it beeps when you both go through. You kind of have, you forget about things in your pockets and you have to un- unload your pockets and they get put through almost basically got like going through a TSA type deal and they take you into the high school itself and take you to a pretty good sized library. The smell of the library is. It's the smell of books and books being bound again. So that glue smell is that loving smell of brand new and used books kind
2: of just overpowers everything. It's, just,
0: it's either a lovely smell or something that turns you off, depending on what kind, of, uh, what kind of person you are.
2: Ten bucks on which kind Rooster is.
4: I don't know. He likes magazines. Quinn will try to find the librarian so they don't waste time searching and um, just let the librarian know what they're looking for. Okay,
0: Librarian takes you over and and shows you the yearbooks and the yearbooks go back quite a few years. Um, It goes back to 1909.
4: Yeah, she's a little surprised by that. She'll grab the two most recent years, hand one to Rooster, kind of get us to a, a table and say, you remember what Eric looks like? Remember what our female perp looks like? Scan these and try to find any pictures of them Any indication of who else they hung out with? Any name for the female?
2: So first, how big is this school? Basically, what I want to know is is this yearbook big enough to have an index?
0: No. Damn it. The entire amount of students between ages 9 to 12 are less than 1,200. It's a good-sized school. It's just not that big to have an index. That would have been
2: helpful.
1: Which is why we don't get it.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep.
2: What do I roll to see just how bad I am at this? Bureaucracy. Oh. Both, <laughs> actually, both
0: of you roll for bureaucracy. The Marine probably knows about bureaucracy.
2: I've actually got 30 in bureaucracy.
4: Oh, that's right. Yours is just a little bit lower than mine. Ooh, I failed big time. 91. Ooh, nice. And
2: what did we get? Not 05. I've got an, o- an o- 02, an o- 06, and a 5 tonight. So I open the book and find a picture of the two of them standing there.
0: Actually, you you find a picture of four students standing together. One is Raven. Another one is listed as Eve Bright Warnos. She is a small girl with blonde hair. A large guy behind her, Rodrigo Callas. He's wearing a hockey jersey. A small guy named Alexander Leninsky. He's got large, like, big buggy eyes and glasses. And... Eric Ellen Raven, who has longish black hair. It's about a year old. They are a bit younger. And it, it says their names. Enjoying a nice day out in the courtyard.
2: I'm just going to slide the yearbook over to her.
4: It was right as soon as he opened it up. It was just like right there. Beginner's luck. And she's like only slightly peeved that he's actually the one that found anything. <laughs> only slightly? <laughs> she lets out a kind of a tense sigh. Hey, well, we have names now. Let's see if they pop up anywhere else. Clubs, interests.
0: So as you go through the books, you see the tiny little pictures of all of them in the class because they're, they're all underclassmen at this point. Leninsky is in FFA and there's a picture of him standing in front of the uh, Arizona desert shrimp with a couple other, uh, you know, folks from FFA, Future Farmers of America.
2: I want to write down who the names of the other ones there, just in case those come up, too.
0: Okay. You copy them down. I'm not going to give you the names because they do
2: not matter. Do I see any other pictures or clubs of them? Like, I want to check out the water polo and the swim teams. They don't have a
0: water polo team, but they do have a swim team. None of these people are on that team. Okay. Actually, those are the only candid pictures you see of them. They don't look like they are popular kids. They don't look happy in the picture that was taken.
4: Coyne would have also looked up Sierra from like the past years, you know.
0: So Sierra was involved in a couple small different programs, part of D.A.R.E. She was part of, you know, sophomore homecoming. And that was it. It looks as though that she dropped out. She wasn't in. She's not in the most recent year. Right. You also do see, actually, it's Rooster, because Rooster's kind of flipping through, um, and you're looking at sports. In the book that you're in, Rodrigo was on the hockey team a few years ago, and he is not in it this year.
2: So something took him out of it, or decided not to, which doesn't seem all that likely.
4: So uh, Quinn will go back up to the librarian and just remark, impressive how many yearbooks you have. Back to 1901? Uh, 1909. Yes,
0: we we're quite proud. Uh, we were we were part of the school after the territorial prison, so they needed to, uh, to have some folks, uh, you know, to to teach the children.
4: Do you happen to have copies of old newspapers going back that far as well, microfiche or?
0: Uh, yes, we do have some. What 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 are you looking for?
4: Yeah, uh, interesting enough. Um, I think uh, she and she goes back to her notes of what she heard River tell us. From 1938, April
0: 25th? Oh, no, that was destroyed in the fire of 58.
2: Ah. What about 1929? No, oh,
0: no, anything before 58, we lost the microfiche. But after that, we're, we're quite good on that. We lost the library and the gym. And well, before my time. But we did lose quite a bit of information. Kind of like the missing, missing uh, Library of Alexandria. Ho, ho. Ho.
2: Why is it missing? Don't they know where it is? Isn't it in Alexandria? He turns his head slightly at you. Kind of like a dog. Like, what?
0: The Library of Alexandria was burned.
2: Oh, why would you burn a library?
4: Because they were barbarians. And Quinn will just jump in. Thank you so much for all your help. I don't care if Caesar burnt it or if it was an accident.
0: We still lost it. So that's what you guys find here in the school. Over to the retirement home. At the retirement home, you get to the front desk, and it is a a long building, like a ranch-style building retirement home, all single story. A lot of yellow, a lot of happy colors. The front doors are automated. They open as you walk in, and a, not a secretary, but an aide is there and welcomes you into the, the Sunset's retirement home. What can I do for you?
1: We are looking for Peter Delgado. Oh, Peter! Would it be possible for us to speak with him?
0: Yeah, Um, sure. I could see if Peter is available. Are you, are you family or friends?
1: (sighs) Unfortunately, a little bit more official and I'll pull up my badge and show it. Oh my. We have, we have a couple questions that he might be able to help us
0: clear up. Oh, okay. Um, I could reassure you he's been here. If he needs an alibi, I can make sure he's been here. We have, we have it on file. He hasn't really left.
1: That's very good to know. We do still have some questions. Okay,
0: let me see if he's available to talk. Thank you. She picks up the phone. She's waiting for it to ring. She puts it down. One moment, please. And then she walks down the hallway. She comes back a few moments later. Um, Peter said he would ha- be happy to uh to see you. Um, could you please sign in? And she give you know she motions for you to sign into the book.
1: Yeah, and I'll sign in. Nice signature terribly used to signing lots and lots of paperwork okay
3: i'll also flight in.
0: she nods approvingly and and she puts a little stamp next to it when you guys arrived she's like all right um he's he's down this way and she starts starts walking now this is a full care facility so as you're walking down there is a faint scent of the hospital here it is not necessarily the best or most comforting smell this is a full full full-time care place And the doors seem more of hospital doors than they do of apartment doors. And uh, she takes you down a bit and shows you to his room. And outside the room, there is his name with a plaque and there's some flowers underneath it. The door is slightly open. Peter, your guests are here to see you. Okay, send them in. She opens up the door and you see a, a fellow sitting in the chair. He
2: looks old.
0: He is a Hispanic male. His hair has pretty much all gone, but he's got a little wisps of white. But his eyes are bright. He is there. He's got some sunspots to it. And uh, his area, his little apartment is well furnished. Uh, Hello.
1: Good afternoon, Mr. Delgado. And I'll walk up and offer my hand to shake.
0: He stands up. And he stands up with pretty much ease, and, and he shakes your hand. It's not as firm as as he would like, but it's still not too bad. My name is Peter. Please call me Peter.
1: And you are? Special Agent Redacted, but you can call me Redacted.
3: Oh,
0: hello. And he, and he looks at River. And,
3: I am. I'm, I'm Redacted. Oh, pleased to meet you. You mind if I sit down? My I, I kind of hurt my ankle here. Oh, certainly. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, come sit on the couch.
0: And he turns off the TV. What can I do for you?
3: I made sure to close the door after we came in. We need to ask you some questions about the work you did a while
0: back. Okay. What kind of work? I've done... I've worked a few jobs.
3: The work here at the Medical Annex, and I pulled out my little card with a green triangle on it, and I put it down in front of me where he can see it. Oh. Alright. He looks at that... Is that a business card?
0: Do you recognize this symbol? Uh, it's a green triangle. I can reassure you, even though I'm 100 years old, I do- I am pretty smart. I've- I've- I've passed these tests before.
3: What can you tell us about Project Covenant?
0: Ah, uh, I don't know anything about Project Covenant. Is that a Jewish thing?
3: You worked at the, uh, Navy Medical Annex down in Mustang? Yes! We want to know what was really done
0: there. Oh, well, lots of stuff that, you know, I could tell you was not a, a tuberculosis ward at all. You know, they brought these cra- those crazies in from Massachusetts. What sorts of crazies? Uh, they were like these weird religious zealots, and they put them, they they, they kept them there. Uh, something about them wanting to break off from, from the states, secessionists. You hear that word a lot now.
3: And why did they keep them in a medical annex?
0: I uh, well, I mean the the stockade was all filled up with everybody else but but those locals, they didn't they didn't do so well. They were uh most of them had rickets. They had these special tanks in there that allowed them with allowed them to have some some kind of comfort.
1: Did you ever see these folks from Massachusetts? Did you interact with them at all? Oh yes,
0: yeah. I often brought them brought them food and water and, you know, um Those folks had had a hell of a thirst.
1: I'm certain that they did. I mean, you come to the
0: desert and you want to give people water. Oh, excuse me. Do you want any water? Uh, Forgive me. That would actually be quite wonderful. And he stands up and he walks pretty fucking well. Um, Surprisingly, over to the fridge, opens up the opens up his fridge and pulls out three bottles of water and brings it over, hands one to each of you and cracks open one on his own. It takes him a few moments. His fingers don't bend as well as they should. Yeah, they would they they would drink so much water. But but I don't know. It's that's what it is.
1: So they they said that they had rickets. I I'm not a medical person. What what is rickets?
0: Um it's when the bones in the body starts to just kind of tighten up and you know, it's uh it's rickets.
1: So you said that they were kept in comfort? What what sort of accommodations?
0: Um well the, upstairs they were they were nice nice places. Not as nice as this though. They take care of me here. I'm well taken care of. Uh, the staff is fantastic. You met Jean outside. Jean's fantastic. But no, they they had nicer places upstairs and then downstairs they had the therapy the the therapy spots where this way they 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 could float and their bones would be okay.
3: What was your job there?
0: I was an orderly.
3: So you helped with the therapy sessions?
0: Uh, not really with the therapy sessions, but I you know I, I helped bring people food and water and clean their bedpans if those needed bedpans a lot of the folks were really really nice some of them not so bright i think some of their family trees were a plank if you know what i mean
1: i've run across a few yeah
0: big eyes kind of bent over hunched they they had a they all had a look to them a look
1: do you know where in massachusetts they came from i uh,
0: no no, okay. but I, I think that they were, were Fisher people. So probably near the coast. They were nice. Nice people. Some of them were nice. Uh, it was one asshole. But he escaped. Really? Oh.
1: And I, I'm going to watch him intently as I ask, was he the fellow who, who would have been identified as 197? Albert Marsh. And there was something about him that you remember decades later.
0: Oh yeah, he was an asshole. In what way was he an asshole? An asshole did you ever meet somebody that just wore britches that were just way too tight? And I'm not talking that I'm not talking the skinny jeans that the kids today wear. I'm talking, I'm talking figuratively.
1: I work for the federal government. I know a lot of those sorts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he, he had, he had, he tried to say that he ran the place and he ordered us around, ordered me around, but you know, I acquiesced because it's better to do something for somebody. This way he doesn't get angry. And I mean, he was a guest of the a guest of the state, so treat him with respect, and hopefully they treat you with respect, right? How did he escape? You know, there were some bootleggers that were kept in the lower, lower levels. That's what I heard. And he was taken down there for a while, and then he broke out. And they never found him. Never found him. You know, I think the coyotes might have got to him, because once you go out too far, there's not... Much out here, especially way back then, you know, in the thirties, it was not like this town.
3: How old was he?
0: He was a youngin. He was about forty-five.
1: Well, a youngin. How old were the others?
0: Oh, he, there were there were some that were that were older than that. There were some some elderly folk. None, I don't think, has hit the hundred mark like I have hit.
3: So he Marsh would be what a uh, hundred and thirty something now. He must be dead by now.
0: Oh yeah, I think he died. I think he died when he got when he escaped when he ran out because you can't run out into the desert without them coyotes, hauling, you know, hunting you down. You know, and if he's and he was one of those eastern, eastern people, you know, they're not used to the desert.
1: No, when you're from the coast, I'm sure the desert is a is a shock. Oh yeah,
0: it's not too bad once you get used to it, though. It's a dry heat. So what can I help you with? Well,
3: River's gonna look at Rowan and nervously kind of. You, you want to step outside and let me ask a couple questions? Might make you uncomfortable.
1: I'm fine. I appreciate it, though. All right. Oh,
3: are we going to talk about gentleman stuff that should not be heard by a lady? Not exactly. I was, I was wondering if Marsh ever talked about his father. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, he did. Apparently his father was a bigwig, which gave him his big britches, or his small britches. Don't know how that works out. Either way... He was too big for him.
3: Well, what did he say about his father?
0: Uh, it's between you and me. I don't think his father was who he thought he was. Why is that? Cause he would. Cause when he talked about his father, he talked about his father being, you know, being the being the sea guy. You know, being I think it was maybe a captain or something like that.
3: Okay, you said they were. But free, he was. A,
0: he, you know, I think he. Yes, but I think he might have been. But they were religious because he called his father father. You know, like, you know, like like, like a priest. Yeah, these folks weren't, 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 they were not Christians. If they were, ooh, it was some kind of off-branch, weird off-branch.
3: They ever talk about their religion?
0: Sometimes, but I paid no mind to most of it. Let it be ramblings. I mean, ramblings of folks that are, that are kind of, uh, you know, soft bones and soft skull. I,
3: I want to roll with human to see if I think he's hiding anything. Okay. And
0: that's a 16 do you think he's hiding anything not really and you're right on that he does not seem to be hiding anything he may have known things earlier but the guy is 100 years old but he's surprising he does remember he, he's there he's with it his brain is here he's cognizant and he remembers quite a lot especially since we're talking about 1930s 1940s that, that entire time
3: yeah, I think that he was just an orderly, and they never really let him in on anything secret.
1: No, but he may have been around when the he he heard the rambling. So I'll ask him, watching him intently. Did they ever mention the word Dagon? Dagon,
0: Dagon, Dagon. And he kind of you see that he he like looks down. He's doing all of the physical body language of somebody thinking. Uh, yeah, Dagon. That's that's very familiar, yes.
1: Do you remember anything about what they said or is it just ramblings?
0: Uh um Dagon and Hydra. Dagon and Hydra. Yeah, they talked about Dagon and Hydra. Um Oh, oh. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. There was something they said. Hang on, let me think.
1: Just settle back a little bit.
0: And it was kind of a song. I uh I When he starts the cadence of the song, he doesn't know all the words. My faith are things dark ones and Aya Dengaya. I'll keep no matter what fate comes, Ayah Dengaya. But I swear never to resist their will, Aya Dengaya. In the dark Spots of Agent Rowan's mind. My I full mind of desire, desire shall fill Aya Dignaya. She could finish the oath. The Dark One's secrets ever I share Aya Dignaya.
1: To this, I shall pledge to this, I swear Aya Dignaya. And Rowan goes chalk white.
0: It was something like that. Something like that or another. He missed a few words here and there. He got something wrong. But Rowan said those exact words almost over his, correcting them in her mind.
1: Oh. Well, shit. I push the empty coffee cup away blindly, resting my hands on the table as I struggle to breathe. The memory of that song, the oaths, Everything connected to it hurts. It's right there, pounding against the inside of my head.
0: Redacted, it's very important that you recite the song. He leans forward and gently places his hand atop yours. This is the first human touch you've had in weeks. You recoil a bit reflexively, but his grip tightens ever so slightly in a comforting way. I know it's difficult. You've built these barricades to keep these things away. Please, can you sing the song for me?
1: I can't. There isn't enough air in the room, and I find myself gasping. His hands on mine are warm, grounding, but I'm right on the verge of a full panic attack. To, I can't.
0: Those walls are keeping you prisoner. It is keeping you in a cell tighter than any cave near the coast. Those walls just keep closing in tighter and tighter the longer you keep them up. He leans in closer and whispers, free yourself.
1: He's too close. His breath stirring the hair near my ear and I lose the last threads of control I had. Wrenching my hands away from his, I grab the edge of the table and shove myself backwards, almost hard enough to send me tumbling to the ground. Somehow, I managed to recover my balance enough to keep from falling and I scramble for the corner of the room. Too, too much. Can't, no, leave me alone. Even the dimmer light hurts my eyes as my glasses go flying, and I cover my face with both hands as I curl into the corner.
0: After what seems like an eternity, you feel his hand on your elbow, Agent Rowan. He gently motions for you to rise. You resist standing until he places his hand on yours. He hands you your St. Michael medallion. Maybe you should get some rest in your room. Thank you for everything today. And the g man quietly leaves the room. The closing of this door sounds like a cell being slammed shut.
1: Holding the chain of my necklace like a rosary, I close my eyes and lean hard against the wall, turning away from the light source as I slide down to my knees. My mind is whirring, my breathing coming in gasps. And there, Alone in the interrogation room, I sing a song that once brought me a crude, painful form of comfort in a place that felt very like this one. I give my life to the EOD. Ayadeganaya. The deep ones know what is best for me. Ayadeganaya. My oaths I swear never to betray. free Aya Diganaya The ancient laws over me hold sway Aya Diganaya The order has right to judge and try Aya Diganaya punishing any failure or lie I, I dig in, I, I My faith in all things with the deep ones I, I Diganaya I, I I will keep no matter what fate comes I, I dig in, I, I I swear never to resist their will I, I dig in, I am my mind with their desire shall fill I are digging I, I The deep one's secrets never to share I are digging I, I To this I shall pledge to this I swear I are digging I, dig in, I, I.
0: Now everyone roll for sanity.
4: <laughs> I'm Tiana Hansen and I play Rowan.
2: I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster.
3: I'm Seth Jones, and I play River.
4: I'm Laura Domingo, and I play Quinn.
0: I'm Dan Voschkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 2 is based on the scenario Ex Oblivioni by Dennis Stetweiler. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports, for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons Victor Von B, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, and Ben Warner. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. This week we have an extra special thanks to Alexander Hollins for writing Aya Dig and Aya. You could find more of Alexander's work at alexanderhollins.com. Hollins is spelled H-O-L-L-I-N-S. Thanks, Scrivener. Join us next week. Because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe.